Hey everybody, Felix here. Before we get into today's episode, we have a very, very, very big announcement that we've been teasing for a couple of weeks now and I can officially say is happening. We are going to be doing the first ever edition of The Oddest Couple Live, meaning we will be having our first ever live show here in New York City on Thursday, May 25th at 7.30 p.m. at City Winery in Manhattan, New York. This is obviously a very big moment for both John and I. Um, you know, we've been really trying to put it together since we got a lot of feedback when John posted just a small Instagram story. We had hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the country that said, Hey everybody, it's Felix here. Before we get into today's episode, we have a very, very big announcement that I want to make. We've been teasing it for a couple of weeks now, but I can officially 100% say that we are now booked for our first ever live show. Our first ever live edition of the Oddest Couple podcast with myself and John is now officially set for Thursday, May 25th at 7.30 p.m. here in New York City at City Winery. This is very big for us. Um, you guys have been supporting us for years when we used to do the show, then we took our hiatus, and now we're back. And this is the first time we're ever going to be doing a live podcast. City Winery is an unbelievable venue. They have amazing drinks, amazing food. We want to make this a very interactive show where we have audience members come up to the stage, talk to us, ask us questions. Uh, we're going to have a meet and greet option as well. So there's going to be a lot of different moving pieces, and we are super excited to be able to finally meet everybody that's been supporting. So if you're in the tri-state area, if you're a couple hours away, it would mean the world. Drive in, buy tickets, come see us, bring your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your cousin, your daughter, your grandmother, everybody. We hope to see you there. To buy the tickets, we are going to put a direct link in the description of this audio version of the podcast. Or if you're struggling to find it, you can go to citywinery.com and you'll find our show or... We're going to also put it in the YouTube version in the description of that video. We're also going to have it all over our social media accounts on John's account, on mine's, on my account. So trust me, you'll be able to find it. And if you really can't find it, then we will obviously help you out. Just DM us. For me, it's at Felix.Levine on Instagram. For John, it's at John A. Light. And we are just really, really excited. We anticipate this selling out very quickly. So if you are interested in coming, buy those tickets. If it sells that quickly, may or may not add a second show depending on scheduling. So go get those tickets now. We can't wait to see you guys, and we're going to have an unbelievable night. Anyways, now let's get into this week's episode of The Oddest Couple. And we're live. Another episode of The Oddest Couple. I'm Felix Levine, and across from me is John A. Light. If you're listening to this right now, Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a great show. Real quick, if you don't do it already, follow us on Instagram at Felix.Levine and at John A Light, at True John A Light on TikTok, at Felix Levine for myself on TikTok, our YouTube channel, which is on John's channel actually. Uh, make sure you subscribe to his channel. Uh, turn on the notifications. Comment on all the videos, like all the videos, subscribe there. You'll watch everything in their full. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My coffee every week. <laughs> um, subscribe there, and I think that's more or less it for the housekeeping. Today we're gonna talk about. I like that shirt. We're talking about my clothes. Yeah, well, no, Did you like I'm, the we're last not talk one about last week. The Robert Grant. I wear a lot of Robert Grant. That's a nice one, though. Yeah, this one's... Um, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, what we want to talk about this week, which I don't think we've ever talked about, weirdly enough, we've talked about different, like, maybe 
organized crime here in the United States, whether it's like some of these different um, gangs here, but how the organized crime is different around the world and how and your experiences dealing with the different organized crime groups, let's say, around the world. Um, because I think it gives a ton of insight into how things are different for me personally. <laughs> no, I have no experience. But for me personally, <laughs> when I tell people about you and the well, you mafia, travel a lot of Europe. I do travel, but I don't, I don't partake in organized crime in Europe, nor do I do it here or anywhere, just to be clear for anybody listening. You mean sometimes you pass messages for <laughs> in Dubai? It, <laughs> yeah, Arab imagine, connections. Imagine with the sheik. Talk, talk, with the shit. Yeah, they got money there too. Um, but no, you have experiences dealing with them, and what I tell people here about the mafia is that it was always not that it makes it justifiable or okay. But when you were dealing with people, when you were being violent with people, it was always people, it was always the men involved in the mafia. You sign up for a game, you're part of the game, it's kill or be killed. That's it, right? That's what the mafia was here. Where I kind of lose respect for, I think, a lot of organized crime outside is when they would kill men, uh, women and children, right? And I think that's not to say that killing anybody in general, general is honorable, but it's not even... It's disgusting when you bring in women and children that have nothing to do, that don't subscribe to the life. So I'm curious from your experience, I guess off the bat, which country or which region is most similar in terms of the mafia United States, particularly in the New York area that you were a part of? You know, Europe mentality overall is completely different than the mentality of the New York Mafia here. And I'll give you an example. You know, they call the Italian Mafia in Italy, you know, here in America, they call them Zips. And uh, they didn't like them, didn't really want to respect them here uh, when they came here and they got straightened out or made here. And the uh, Italian Mafia and the different uh, organizations in Europe and Italy had a completely different mentality than here. And one of the reasons I, I believe is um, here that's so out there. I mean, this is, I'm, the mafia now is 40 years removed from what I was used to. You know, this is the mid of 2025 almost compared to 1980 and the mafia back then, it was completely different. These guys now, uh, talk too much, uh, move around in groups and gangs too much, don't really understand the rules and regulations, and the, uh, the, the, the violence is nothing compared to when we were, you know, guys were getting killed. But in Europe itself and different mentalities, I think you look at the Albanian, the guys from, and Albania now is spread out through every country whether it's Amsterdam, Germany, because it's a big presence of Albanians, uh, the UK, um, uh, you look at the way they carry themselves, they work within each other in a, in a quiet way. They're not as boisterous, but I think they're, the violence in Europe is 
a lot more extreme than it is here now. Here, there's but, no violence. But back in your day, and I guess even still now in some weird ways, like how do you think the cartels, specifically the Mexican cartels, the Colombian cartels, compared violence-wise to the mob, to the mafia in your time period? I mean, the United States mafia, we don't touch families. You know, we don't touch kids. We don't touch women. But the cartels, they do. Uh, they did back then. They will today. Um, look what's going on now through the fentanyl and the, uh, the bringing in of fentanyl and the attack on our kids. Uh, and uh, if the, the force, they're forcing people from these countries to bring it in. And, and it's not really talked about that much. I don't know why. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the drugs are being brought in, fentanyl and different things for the cartel now, are being forced by individuals that are coming across. If you don't bring it in, we're going to kill your family. We're going to attack your family. We're going to you know prostitute your kids. We're going to prostitute women. There's you know there's trees along the border that they after they rape women they they're putting their garments up on a tree to show the you know the intimidation. So nobody really talks about that stuff and. You know, my country, and we talk about Albania and, the, you know, the Serbian war, and a lot of women and kill, kids were killed in Kosovo by the Serbians. Now, I know they're going to obviously attack every time I talk like this, and I'm sorry, reality and truth of what happened is what happened. You know, I go to a lot of the cemeteries, uh, and when I go to Kosovo, and I and I just was here in the city at the Serbian uh, uh, consulates, you know, in protest of some of the things that happened. Now, everybody has the ability to, to say what they want and what's true, what they believe is true. And these are my facts and what I believe is true. And that's why I'm a big advocate of, of what you just said. You don't kill kids. You don't touch women. And, and no different in the mob. Uh, you just don't do it. And it happens in other countries. When you were working actively in the mafia, I know you guys frequently worked with the cartels. I have good friends that were involved with the cartels. Uh, when I was on the run, they helped me in to move over to Colombia and then moved me over to Venezuela, an army base, so yeah. But what about when you were when you were actively in the mob, drug, probably mostly drugs, would you, how does like a broker deal go with like a, let's say a Mexican cartel? How does that work when you're an active mafia member? At your I don't position? think a lot of these guys had connections like that around the world. Most of these mob guys never left the country, but I did. My girlfriend at the time, Lorraine, her brother was uh, my connection in, in uh, Colombia. So I would get my, my coke from him. Uh, his father so how did was, that work? As far as getting Yes, yeah, so you would call him? I would just go, well, I'd, I'd be at his house because I was dating the sister. And uh, How does the conversation go? conversation was get me 40 keys and he would go get me 40 keys seriously just as simple as that he would have his father was killed actually by the cartel and, and the son was forced henry was forced in the business it wasn't that he was involved he was paying his father's debt off so how did okay so then how did it work with that so you say henry i need 40 keys and he would bring me 40 so, keys so then he would he later. would call his people and that are bringing like how's that they would, I would, I don't know how other people did it. I got it directly in mine was right off Union Turnpike by St. John's University. I would pick it up right at his house. 
So How a lot of these guys are getting it from, uh, they'd get it from Miami or they'd have to travel and make arrangements or pick it up themselves depending on the price. I was having it hand delivered right to his house and I'd pick it up right there. So I had a different connection though. I had a direct connection. So who who was the person, do you know who the people that brought it were? Are they direct cartel members? Oh, direct cartel members. They were, they were bringing so it in. It was Mexican or Colombian? They were Colombian. So it'd be like Colombian guys. They would come. They would drop it off. Did you have to pay a certain amount of money up front and then half when they showed? Uh, Not really, but I did. I'd, I'd, I'd give them cash when I seen them, when I pick up the floor. So like how much was But 40? I would take, if I needed 10 on arm, he would give it to me and i just replace them. What would be, what would be, how much would 40 be? Back in those days, uh, you know, the price varied. At, at the beginning, it was in, in the 40s, and then later on, it, it came down for to the key? 30s. For a key, yeah. And then it went down to like 28 to 31. So 40, well, let's see, hold on. So if I wouldn't get... pay 40, though. That wasn't my price. That was street prices. Oh. So, you know, the street price, you get, you could sell a key back then for 40-something thousand. And so you're getting it how much, though? Uh, when I was getting it at... at Direct at some parts, the twenty-two thousand, twenty-six thousand. So let's see, twenty-two thousand. What was the standard? How much would you usually order at a time? Forty? No, it depends. Some some weeks I just pick up ten a week. Sometimes I just. So it's like you're still it. looking at you got up front a couple hundred thousand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you're and you're and you're bringing them cash. Cash, yeah. So you would bring, so they would tell you like a a time, a spot, off Union Turnpike. No, I just go to his house, oh. pick it up. I told a story once a while ago. It was one of my friends, Joey. We went to the house. The mother didn't speak English. She told me downstairs it used to be under the stairwell. And she thought I was only picking up two or three at the time. And it was, I think, 47 or 48 keys. And my friend said... It's heavy. Yeah, and I wasn't supposed to come over. I just happened to stop over, and my friend was looking to kill the mother. Wow. And I looked at him. I said, are you out of your mind talking to me like that? You know, so... That, and he wasn't really that kind of guy, but yet when it came to that kind of money, that all of a sudden he was that well, kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, because you're looking at what, 50 times, tw you're looking yeah, well, at, you're a, couple looking at dollars. a couple million easy. And, right. You know, yeah. And, you know, and I told the mother after that, and I told the daughter, the girl I was dating, you got to tell your mother, you can't let nobody down here like this. They'll take a life yeah. for this kind of. You know, and she didn't realize. She thought I was the one that was picking it up. Somebody else was coming to get that. I was only coming. I was short a couple of keys at the time. I just ran over to get it. Did you ever, when you were active, not when you were on the run, go to Colombia or Mexico? Uh, I went to Mexico all the time. In Mexico, we were moving more uh, marijuana out of uh, oh. Mexico in those days. Not you, you'd bring if you're going over, you would bring you'd bring back another five or ten. And how would you keys. bring it back? Trucks. So and you would pay off the border guys? They were already paid off. That had to do with the guys we were picking up from. They had those guys. Paid. So like how much would you, so you'd go? I wouldn't deal with them direct. I didn't have to. Our guys would have their border guys. They'd bring the truck on the Texas side for us, and uh, we'd take it from there. So. Would you ever, Would so you would physically like be in the truck? No, no, never, no. You'd always? We had crews that would do it. Because you can't be caught in worst case. No, nah, you wouldn't do it. You know, what are guys calling the shots? I'm the guys bringing it in. Right? So I, had, I wouldn't go near that stuff. But when you would, so when you would go to Mexico, where were you meeting? Were you meeting with cartel members directly? Yeah. Like, why would of, you go? Why, why couldn't you just call somebody or have somebody do it? You didn't, we didn't use the phones, even especially back then. Mm. But, you know, it was no big deal. We were always traveling back and forth to Mexico. So... 
we'd meet, we'd talk, uh, you know, we'd tell them we're coming down for vacation. I'd see a couple of guys, I'd make a meeting. Later on, I had my cousin Billy, who uh, would have connections that also with his guys. And so, you know, they'd bring it across and, uh, you know, so I wouldn't have any, I would coordinate, I would talk about how much we're bringing, but that's about it. And at a meeting, it would be with like leader, more of the like cartel guys, whoever was organizing it? Whoever was organizing or whoever connections were. And, you know, over so, the years, that changes, depends on who was. So you'd sit down, you guys would just get like whatever, co like drinks, coffee, sit down, talk, talk business? Well, we, we, we wouldn't have coffee. We'd have, <laughs> we would drink tequila, we'd drink, we'd have. <laughs> Girls but how's that would be good, you know. Right, it was, right. it was listen, does it, it look was a couple did, of days of party? Did it look now. like the movies? Yeah, I mean, listen, like narco. You see narcos? Yeah, yeah, and and a hundred percent, yes. Really? Yeah, we had groups, and I want you know we we'd go down. It was probably uh, uh, fifteen or twenty of us on an occasion. And we, the, the minute we got there, they met me at a hotel, and it wasn't supposed to start off this way, and, and then it did. We're all drinking shots, we're drinking crazy, and we drank all night, and you know we're having a good time. And you know, listen, these guys are regular guys to me too. You know, it's just uh, it's money, and uh, you know, you're not thinking about anything else but making money. It ain't the violence. You know, you're trying to avoid the violence. And between us, because we were friendly, there was no violence. Everything actually worked out. But there was a time when one of my friends went down there without me and got locked up down there, uh, Mark Ryder's son, Greg, who later on ends up uh, disappearing, gets killed. So there were some of my friends that ends up end up screwing the cartel and getting killed for it. Uh, How do you screw them? Uh, well, one guy took kilos off him, they chopped his head off, and they left his head in Florida at the time on a post on the intercoastal. So... You know, when guys do dumb things, dumb things happen. And with Henry's father, Henry's father got robbed. He didn't rob them. Uh, but I guess they didn't trust him. They ended up killing him. So, and again, you're going back in the and 80s. Like, you're going back in the 80s when guys are getting killed left and right. It was a different era. So, you know, when you are dealing with that kind of money and there's any kind of, uh, you get, you're going to get killed. Wait, would it? Because I remember like the the scenes in Narcos when, you know, you you I guess you get brought to like a certain house, and then there's armed guards all around. Is that actually how it is, or there's not as many? There's maybe a couple. Like, what is that? Do they they pat you down? You're not allowed to come in with. We went on an occasion, and they had to have. They came to pick us up. They picked me up at the airport. This is where. In Mexico. Where and, in Mexico? And uh, near Puerto Vallarta. Okay. You know, so we went down to vacation and do business. And they came to pick me up. And they must have came with, I don't know, seven, eight cars. A lot of them. And this is the thing that people don't understand. that. And Garcia Lunes just got arrested from the head of the FBI in Mexico. I spoke about it. You know, we had a lot of federales. That would meet us. They're the gangsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's you know seven, eight, ten. Who knows how many cars? I don't remember. But they're all machine gunned up, gunned up. Yeah. They're all hanging out with us, and, and it's a different. Yeah. You know, it's a completely different setup in these countries. It was no different when I went on the run, and I'm in Colombia. You know, they bring me across to Venezuela, and you know, there's checkpoints everywhere you go. I don't get out of the car. They tell me to sit in the car, and they talk to where they talk. They give them a couple bucks. 
tell them whatever names they're throwing at each other. I don't know. And they, they brought me into a Venezuelan army base, and I stayed there for a while. You know, and if I don't leave, I'm safe there. But, you know, I moved around. I should have just stayed there back in those days when I was running. But, you know, these, you know, this is like anything else. It's run like a corporation, like a business. It's it's run, you know, the wheels are oiled well, and it just runs like clockwork. Unless somebody does something wrong, and that's when the violence comes in. Did you ever feel, like, what do you feel like when you walk into uh you have like these guards that bring you to a house and there's more guards and you know that like, like, is there any kind of nerves? No, because they're your friends and you're not, there's no, unless you're doing something wrong, you'd be nervous. You're, you know, you're not trying to rob them. You're not right. trying to beat them. You're not, you're not doing, you're doing straight business with them. They're not trying to kill anybody unless you're doing something wrong. That Yeah, of course that's going to happen. That happens in the mob world. That happens in the cartel world. But you never, did you ever get into any sticky situation with the cartels never the only one that did was my friend when yeah. uh they were in a house like you said they were waiting for a shipment and instead oh, somebody was an informant and the uh, federals showed up oh. which who knows who which one yeah. of them later on i find out which one of them and uh they lock him up and my friend calls me from a mexican prison uh, and tells me he's in jail there, and I warned him. I says, "Don't go do that deal. You don't know all the players. You're, you're doing a deal that's." And he wanted to do the deal. He did it. What was the deal? Uh, coke and 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 pot. But what, you know, why did you say that you shouldn't have done the because deal? Because you're doing. You, it's not, you know. And his answer was, "You don't need it. I do." You know. In other words, this is my time to try to make money. So he was doing business with guys that he shouldn't have been doing business with from America that he was trusting them with their connections down there and I told him not to do that. Hmm. You don't do you don't do a deal like that with people you really don't know like that. I'm dealing directly with my guys and my friends that I have trust value with. So uh, it's too dangerous because of a lot of reasons. They'll rob you, kill you or set you up like they did. Interesting. But the 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 international effect of doing business is if you're like Klaus right, was in jail with me in Brazil. He's the main guy of Denmark with mm -hmm. hashish and other things, but he's the guy. So that's my partner over the years. We just did the four-part series. Actually, it's, it's streaming on Rocco now. Um, we're going to do a second four parts to that. But he's my main guy, right? And his guy that he hooks me up from California back in the, in the 90s. So I'm dealing directly with the guys. If you go to UK... I'm good friends with Patrick Jenkins, everybody knows, did time with me in the United States. If we talk about Canada, I have Lee Whitley. When the Travel Magazine did, I did the GQ centerfold for about the mafia with a guy named Alex that did that. Later on, he does a travel magazine and he asks me, can you get me some connections to other countries? And I says, yeah, and I said, hold on. And he left, he goes, now? I said, you just asked me. So I started calling countries that he wanted to talk to guys. Mm to do a, a, a thing about exactly what you're talking about. So you, when you go to Albania, I have friends there. You go to Kosovo, I have friends there. If you go to Macedonia, I have friends there. If you go to Amsterdam, I have friends there. Greece, I have who was the one of the bosses there. Uh, the UK, I have Patrick, and I have uh, different guys 
there that, you know, now I talk regularly with Marvin Herbert. The guys know who he is. Um, Brian attacks, man. I've talked to his, you know, big tough guy in his day. Uh, so, you know, you, you develop international friendships because you're traveling internationally. So you, you're going from country to country knowing the guys that are, you know, maybe not the boss, but close to it or some of the bosses that are my friends. And uh, you talk about El Salvador, my friend Nelson, who I still actually is out of the life and I still speak to. So these are guys that were the, the bosses of these organizations. Other than the Mexican cartels, did you ever go to Colombia? Well, I lived in Barranquilla. I lived in. But Santa that was when Monta, you're on the run, Catania, right? When I was on the run. But during the mob times, the only place you would really. Go I traveled. Was... I always traveled all, all over Europe. But like in terms uh, of act, no, in terms of actual I, business in like South America with the cartels, it was only the Mexican cartels that you would travel to when you're in the mob. Yeah, I never traveled to Colombia. Uh, I traveled everywhere else. I used to travel to Puerto Rico a lot. I did business through there. Uh, back in those days, I was. Did you I actually Escobar? stayed in. And, no, but the guy I'm talking about, Nelson, his father and uncle were the generals in Salvador who were going to hit Escobar. And there's a book out on it, and they talk about it and his life story. And he, he's going to be active shortly in in the movie business and some of the things that he will have him on. You ever meet El Chapo? No, but again, the Flores Damn. brothers are my friends. That one of the brothers did times did time with me and actually ends up testifying against El Chapo. El Chapo's organization uh, hit his uh, grandfather and father. Oh. And then the brothers were in between a war between both factions. How do you think these guys, like, from your opinion as an insider, a former insider, how do you think uh, guys like El Chapo and Escobar got to the level that they got to? You know, a, a lot of it's like anything else. You know, it's the unknown in our organization, to their organization, it seems it's fascinating, right? Because people don't know about it. No different than they know about the mafia. So to them, they're fascinated with the mafia and the structure. So they're no different than our organization, the way they organize. And there's no different with the corruption with every, listen, every organization, every government has corruption. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, and I've talked about this several times because I'm always bringing up Oscar Lugo on the show that he was indicted and charged in Westchester, PA. And people ask me, well, he was charged, and I'm saying, yeah. the problem with the system is you have 53 politicians in, in Philadelphia that were charged with criminal acts. So when they talk about these countries and the third world countries, imagine the corruption there if we have such corruption here. Yeah, but like, my, what I'm curious about is how, how does somebody like, and obviously, I guess there's the answers that people will give you, but it, for, in your opinion, how does a guy like Pablo Escobar become Pablo Escobar? Like anything else, any organization, you work your way up and you become more powerful. Yeah, he didn't these just guys start did it when they Pablo were fairly, Escobar. but they were young, like relatively young when they were at, at their, in their prime, even Chapo. Yeah, these guys are young, but you're talking. They're like they're what, 30, 40s, early 40s? Yeah, but so was Gotti. Oh, right. You know, it, that, people how old are under the impression when he became boss. Uh, let's see, he gets out in about 1978. So, you know, he's a fairly young guy. You know, he's, he took over when they killed Paul in 85. Um, I don't know, he was, he was young. You know, in, in his late 30s, early 40s. So, 
he was he, he was a pretty young guy. You know, he wasn't, you know, what people think. You know, they have an image of them because you see them. Right, right, right. You know, and they appear to be older and they act they a little They appear to be older, older and bigger. But, like, and, guys and, like El Chopper are, like, fucking five, how, like, like yeah. five, seven. It's like Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. I mean, I don't know where El Chapo came from that he originally got his, you know, where he, he elevates to that position that fast. I, I don't really know the history of, of uh, their organization like that. You know, uh, El Chapo's five six. Pablo Escobar was five six. That's yeah. how old, how big is Napoleon? I think Napoleon Man, was... I destroyed these guys in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple inches off. <laughs> Napoleon was five six. Yeah, they're all Caesar. How tall Caesar? Julius Caesar. Yo, this is wild. Three, the three that I thought of all were all are five six. I didn't even. I honest to God didn't know that. How big was Caesar? Julius Caesar height. <laughs> five foot seven and a half. Oh, he's getting tall. He's getting <laughs> They're catching up to me. I got a little. They always make me sound like I'm smaller. Aren't you, aren't than you five six? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm five foot eight with heels. <laughs> Wait, that's insane. Yeah. That both Escobar and Chapo and Napoleon all five six. The things you learn on the Oddest Couple podcast. Mussolini, what was eight? Mussolini. Oh, five seven. That little bastard it's deserved these, what he got. You know. Yeah, it's these. It's they dragged Hitler was five down. nine, not not that big either. Okay, this is a good guy though. Churchill was five six. Was Churchill five six? His cigar was five six. Yeah, his cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Vladimir Lenin was five five. I think Putin's like five eight max. He might even be shorter. Vladimir Putin height. This is crazy. I'm having fun with this. Oh, see, they don't want to put that. They don't they put that on the height? internet. It's like it's like not it's not coming up the way it was for the others. Vladimir, I'm reading an article from the week. Vladimir Putin in the rise of the short kings, at an estimated five foot seven. See, that's because Putin doesn't want to. He doesn't want to show the world estimated that. five seven. That he's five six. Yeah, it's yeah, like of course, the one always, they put on yeah. football cards. You know, they always give him an extra couple of pounds. And yeah, stuff. or for people that are on dating apps, they do yeah. that as well. Um, this is interesting. It's all these short, insecure dudes that are running. That there you go. There you have it. That's where you how get tall was Napoleon Gotti? Gotti's about 5'10, five, 5'9, ten, five, 5'10. Ten. John Gotti senior height. This is fun. 5'10. Yeah. You know, I'm going to. Who is 5'5 five, five, mob related? 5'5, five, five, Nicky Carrazzo. No, a little bit bigger than, like, more famous than him. More famous than him? Uh, that is somebody that wait, you kind of. No, you kind of. I don't want to say beef, but. I had a beef with? Nah, these days, whatever, you just... Oh, who is it? Starts with an S, ends with an Ami, <laughs> starts with a G, ends with a Ravano. Oh, Sammy Insecure Gravano? <laughs> He's 5'5". Five, five. Oh, I know. 5'5 five, five in education in first grade. <laughs> Damn. I'll that's... destroy him. Forget about, forget about beat him up or anything. I'll, I'll destroy him in password. <laughs> we got to play one of those games like on TV. <laughs> the price is right. He's, he's too stupid to name the price. At, how, how tall do you think uh, Lucky Luciano was? Lucky, I think, was a big guy. I think he was about 5'9". Five, 5'10". Five, yeah. How tall do you think Al Capone was? You ever meet Al Capone? Uh, no. See before your time? Yeah, yeah. Al Capone. I think I, I don't think Al Capone was that short either. What about Vito? Who Vito? Genovese. Oh no, my father grew up with him. He was from the. How tall? How tall do you think? 
I think he was about six foot, Vito. No, smaller. How tall was he? Five seven. Really? That's all he was? Yeah. Yeah, he grew up downtown, Riverton, Delancey, down there. Five. Do you know? Actually, my Meyer uncle, Lansky? my uncle slapped his sister, not knowing it was his sister, and they chased him out to Detroit, and he wanted to kill him. Why are all these mobsters so short? Where are the six footers? Good thing y'all didn't play basketball. Bugsy Holy Siegel. fuck! Oh yeah, six wait, one, I just saw I think. Bugsy Siegel. Nope, five ten. Really? Just maybe, for, maybe according to maybe next to you, he feels like six foot one. Yeah, I'm five eight. <laughs> I'm slightly under Wait, this is crazy. But I go why, on my toes a little bit. Why? <laughs> why are they? Uh, why are they all short? Who was wow. Rocky Marciano? Forget the rest of them. Rocky <laughs> Marciano. I think Rocky Marciano was five ten. Let's see, five ten. I'm going to tell you why. So, so you know, this is interesting. I'm going to tell you yeah. why because most Italian guys are smaller. Not, oh, that's true. It's not a big culture, you know. So if you take like German and that's guys, true. And, all the, and the Latino, and the Hispanic, you know, like the Escobar and shot, like yeah, they're, they're not, small. Yeah, they're, they're small not big. They're not, it's not a big now, culture. Now go to Germany, everybody's going to be 6'2", six, 6'3". Two, six, six, two squared So face. really Hitler was pretty small. Five, well, yeah, insecure fucking No, he was an insecure prick. whack job. Yeah, one of the worst Just for the mustache, you want to kill him. Yeah, one of the worst. <laughs> I hate that mustache. <laughs> I hate him. But you know what's crazy is you talk about killing and murder and kids and women. How does how do people so weak to follow that? I know. Right? Well, that's what I'm always curious about. Is like you have these small, literally, and not to bring it back to it, but it's like small men, right? That are able to create such a a level of power and loyalty it, from a, a mass. It, it's not loyalty. It's it's power out of weakness because people are weak. They're so weak. Well, Listen, they're able to tap into something. Even Putin, right? You know, like you have like you have these like these these people that have levels of power that we can't even imagine. When you're talking about, you know, Pablo and Chapo and Putin and Hitler, and, right? And all these people, like they were able to get people to follow their mission. So many people to follow their mission. Like any day of the week, somebody could have turned around and killed them. Well, what do you think our CIA does? They go to other countries and they're doing it here now, and they propaganda. And they know how to maneuver psychologically to take over or try to take over a country and step back. It's such Machiavelli. That's why he says such gangster moves. Because I see it. Because we know. You know, what's one thing Gotti would teach as a kid? You'd watch him. You'd watch him. I, I would smile the way he would abuse these guys and how weak they were. They're really weak. I mean, think about it. Like, if you know, if you're John Gotti and you're intimidating all these guys, how hard is it? To just say, fuck this guy, and, you know, when the next time yeah. he's dead, you just shoot him. But yet they don't do it. You know, they're so scared to do I it. I agree. I'm not just talking about him. But that's why it always I'm blew my mind. Hitler. Like, how many guys that's were next I'm to saying. Hitler? Like, say to him, listen, I ain't killing no kid. So, you know, but they you know. Yeah, I know. It, it's crazy to me. so weak that they. Or poison them or something. Just something so it doesn't even sound like it look like it's you. How hard is it to do that? It's not, it's I know. Not. But that's for, but it was a. In that sense, it's such a level of like, they were treated like gods. They were treated like gods. Well, that's why you see so many people like in schools and how kids are intimidated because they want to be part of the main group. But if there's only a couple, yeah. there's only a couple of strong people that'll stand alone and they'll go against the main group, right? They're so weak, they can't do it. They don't feel secure to stay by themselves. They can't take it if there's so many people against them. They're not able to be that outsider. And there's nothing wrong with being that outside. That's one of the things you got to teach kids now. I think 
when they're talking about school, and I said some of the things they should be teaching in school should be they should start early about you know with psychology and mm -hmm. and, and I agree with mental that, toughness and this it should be a class because it's important through mm -hmm. life to help you to have confidence right without confidence I really you don't agree have with anything. that they should they should have really they should, that would be such a cool thing to implement like when I have kids one day if I knew that they had you know starting from a young age more open conversations about. And, and I guess it's it is a little bit advanced if you're talking about like a seven, ten, even twelve year old, but talking just about like what like maybe this sounds kind of like corny, but like talk about what you're feeling or thinking, right? And then people go around and, the, and then these kids will realize like, oh, like I'm thinking this, this is why I'm thinking that and and like how how does a leader come about? How does a follower come about? Why do people do certain things? They should have a class called mental strength. Right. Like something like that, right? And because I think that would be interesting too. I think a lot of, yeah, there would be a lot of things that would be beneficial that would come from that. And I think it would better and allow people to understand when they're then in history class two periods later, right? A couple hours later, they would better understand when they're learning about Hitler or about these these different, you know, historical figures that did horrible things. They would under they would maybe have a better idea of how the psychology and how it happened. You know, it's only eighty years ago. About I know it's fucking crazy. When and you think how? About to, well, this is what I don't understand. How do you allow people at this right now, after it was only eighty years ago, not to question things? The biggest thing I think that I want my grandson to understand, or anybody should want their kids, is to question every single thing. If you don't, and that's why I don't like that there is not a lot of rhetoric and, and debates, because if you don't question anything, right, if there's, if you're, you're, the way you stand on anything, the way an orange tastes, right, and you're talking about, wait, you know, because I'm going to watch what I say, because I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm not going to talk about science and medical stuff that I'm disagreement of. Thank because God. those two things that we know what I'm talking about, how does everybody just like, sheep accept it because if i told you to okay, drink this and i don't tell you what's can in there i make there? a counter argument yeah the only thing that i agree i'm all for i mean you, you know this at this point i'm all for open discussion disagreements getting a republican democrat in a room having them debate something and at the end of the day and, and then afterwards they go for pizza they give a big hug and they go to the movies together because they're best friends i think that's awesome right that's what i hope i wish this world would look like a lot more the only thing that I think is a little bit dangerous if you go to the, ex I'm not saying you're going to, you're, you're saying that you want this extreme, but if everybody only ever questions and doubts every single thing ever, this is how you get, I'm not saying believe things when you hear them. I think you should initially question something. And then once you do your proper research and you get to the, to the point, good, you've done, you've done your due diligence. But the issue now that's cr being created, in my opinion, is that nobody trusts nothing, which is, I agree, part of the media's fault, part of the politician's fault, both sides. But the issue now is that, like, fucking everything is all over the place. Nobody nobody believe, takes anything as a fact. Everything is fact or fiction, depending on where you stand on certain things. And now nobody, like, this is, for me, the issue with the politics and what's going on today is, like, now <laughs> you have Democrats and Republicans that stare and look at the same sky and they can't agree whether it's pink or purple Well, I'm going to tell you why. I'll tell you why. And you're going to laugh and you're going to maybe, but people that know what I'm saying aren't going to laugh. We don't really live in a free democratic society that they push. You know why? We only have two 
either Democrat or Republican. We don't have a third party running. Yeah. And it's built so they cannot allow a third party to that, run. That I actually 100% agree with. If you let a third party in, I know. this is going to change. And, but, and it's funny, you know, I think even if a third party was truly let in, right? Not like some libertarian. Yeah, right. Like, if it, then I think but the Democrat, that would actually bring the Democrats and the Republicans together. together. They'd be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because they want to own the, Yeah, exactly. They want to own They'd be the like, power. wait, 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 we got to get this, this. This is a big problem. I think in, but you know what? I think in 100 years, I think there could be. I hope so. You know, I think there really could be. But I want to tell you about back in my medical. I got to get back to it. Uh -oh. When you have scientists and doctors, they should be able to get on the stage and, and talk. Oh, and say like what they agree with. The, I don't like I'm kidding, him. I'm kidding. I just want to, no, I'm going to tell you why I don't I like just, him. I just wanted to I got to show wrong. you how he, he said he was a, he was a scholarship off. basketball player at five foot two. Who was he playing? The Munchkins from, from Wizard of Oz? But he went to throw a ball, right? Now, you're an athlete. You're an athlete. Basketball or baseball? He went to throw to... a baseball on a baseball oh. field, and he threw it over there like my, listen, my grandson can throw it, so I can't use him. He threw it like a one-year-old would throw it that way, not that way. And if you're athletic and you're playing basketball, oh, there's no way this. you can't toss a ball. So he's such a liar. There's name. anything I else I can trust I this guy with. I shouldn't have brought he's a complete up. complete liar. I can't stand him. Fuck. I, I can't wait. Listen, political. there's one thing I like to see getting indicted against him for his lies. But anyway, no, we don't make it political. <laughs> I almost... I almost you ever watch Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason? No. I got a big mouth. He, he doesn't shut up. He hasn't missed an opportunity to go on the news. <laughs> a journalist, not one magazine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is all my fault. I so shouldn't have brought I up. want I want more freedom of election by having the third party. How do we even get there? Oh, basically talking about these these cartel figures that... See, you always, we always get to something political shit you're it's good at your you've been get you've been getting good at this at, at, at luring me in but then i'm also an idiot i can't be like setting you off with like fauci and stuff yeah you started i did start you threw my keyword i know <laughs> i know I, fauci. My, the, fauci, I turned. fauci covid uh, i didn't say it <laughs> See? i did not say oh my god it's too I funny but i'm talking about the international so listen if you and you travel a lot internationally so you understand mentalities of different countries mm -hmm. Like I think about, you know, you, you, I said UK, I talk about Liverpool. Liverpool, I, they did a mag, I was in a magazine, there, you know, a couple of years back. And, uh, you know, the, the, the people are strong people. I'm fighting wise, I'm talking about with their hands. You know, it's a, it's a rough community. It is. You know, and uh, I, y y I can recognize and understand them because they're passionate. So when you go to each culture, you understand the way they are, the laid back communities, the, the other thing, but you understand the mentality of Europe. It's completely, I got to tell you, it's a lot different than the States. And I think the people that never really travel, I don't think they understand it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's why I think it's important to travel. And I think that's why it's interesting. We t I mean, we always joke about how dumb a lot of these mob guys are is because they never traveled. Like when we were, we were just joking about it off air, it's like... <laughs> After 35 years, they're still going to either the Poconos or Florida, depending on the... I think they just took a big vacation <laughs> with the Poconos, and they get lost. <laughs> they have a go. They start taking buses now. <laughs> they can't go. They fight the whole way with their family. Let's just take a bus. It's easier. You go up Route 80, you stupid bastard. <laughs> they don't even get it. Oh, it's too good. That's <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to Florida. No shit. <laughs> Big vacation again. <laughs> uh, anyways, 
another another fun time on the Oddest Couple podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, if you are listening to this, thank you for getting this far. Um, we'll keep <laughs> dropping all our episodes here on wherever you're getting your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, etc. When are so we doing subscribe. the next podcast in, in Dubai? I, Aren't we going to Dubai? You got to get your ass on a flight. I'm going. Well, I you don't like flying. Going. I fly everywhere though. Yeah, no. I mean, I like flying. Yeah, it takes you a while because they yeah. stop you. <laughs> well, Dubai, because my we got a lot of friends there. So That's true. Got yeah, we got to go to Dubai. Dennis is there. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. Um, if you're watching this, subscribe, like, comment. Did you enjoy this? Did you not? All that good stuff. Uh, follow us on Instagram. For me, it's at Felix.Levine. For John, it's at John A. Light. And uh, we will see you very, very soon. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs>